0: Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. A second scripture lesson from the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And the whole Judean region and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the strap of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This time of year, we all must turn our attention to a bearded man with an important message. I'm not referring to the bearded man dressed in red. This morning, I'm interested in the one who, like the ancient prophets, wore camel's hair. This morning, the Gospel of Mark turns our attention towards John the Baptist, who was surely more slender than the bearded man with a belly like a bowl full of jelly. For the one we turn our attention to this morning lived on locust and wild honey out in the Judean wilderness. Kroger, Walgreens, and everywhere else has been displaying Santa Claus, who surely takes his place of prominence this time of year. While this morning, this morning I tell you, turn your attention towards John the Baptist, who welcomes not just the good little boys and girls of the world, but anticipating the appearance of Jesus so many years ago, John welcomed All the people of Jerusalem who were going out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. That's different from what happens with Santa. For the song goes, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list and checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. That's Santa. John the Baptist is different. For John wasn't interested in hearing how good anyone was. Instead of asking those who lined up to see him, have you been a good little boy or girl? To be on John's list, you had better be ready to reveal what you've been crying about. What made you pout? Like Santa, John the Baptist knows who has been good or bad, but let's face it, no one has been so good that they don't need a savior this Christmas, so come to him with some good, honest confession this morning. Come to him ready to reveal what's broken. Don't you send John the Baptist a Christmas card where everyone's hair is perfect and all the kids have on khaki bottoms and white tops. John the Baptist doesn't care how coordinated your family's wardrobe is. He is ready to hear that mom and dad fight too much and need some reconciliation this Christmas. John the Baptist is preparing the way for the one who binds up wounds and brings healing to the broken places of our lives. John the Baptist is not Santa. Don't sit on his lap and tell him that you've been nice all year round. He wants to know what made your blood boil because he is preparing the way for the one who can do something about it. The Gospel of Mark tells us that John the Baptist was filling a basic human need so compelling that all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him to be baptized by him in the River Jordan, confessing their sins. Meanwhile, I remember being a kid and... Waking up early to go to Riches to ride the, the pink pig. I think Macy's has it now. Back then it was at Rich's, so we'd go there and we'd stand in line to ride the pink pig. Then we'd stand in another line to visit Santa Claus. That's what we'd do. People still stand in line to do all kinds of things that they believe are important, just as the citizens of Jerusalem stood in line on the banks of the Jordan to be baptized by John. My family and I, we were in Washington, D.C. a couple weeks ago, and it is interesting to think about what we had to stand in line to do and what we didn't. We were able to walk right up to the Washington Monument, the Lincoln monument the Martin Luther King Jr monument there were people there but it was no problem seeing what we wanted to see however there was this long line outside a donut shop we wanted to go to that line at the donut shop was so long we couldn't get to the donuts now i now i love donuts <laughs> But what we line up for these days makes me wonder if what we are willing to stand in line for is really worth the wait. The pink pig was cute. But really, it's just a metal can hanging from the ceiling. It's kind of creepy when you think about it. And donuts, they make me happy. Presents also make me happy. However, will the things that we wait in line for make us satisfied? My friends, I am convinced that here in 21st century America, we know what will bring momentary happiness, and we are willing to wait in line for it. We know what will entertain us. We know what will bring us momentary relief. We know how to have fun. We know how to enjoy ourselves. But what about that greater need within us all? Where will we find what might make us truly fulfilled? Is there not a deep desire within each and every one of us to be understood, for our lives to have meaning, for us to be forgiven? Santa Claus can't handle that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff is above his pay grade. Santa knows what to do with us when all we need is something new and fun, while for the real stuff, the stuff that really matters, We need Jesus. Week before last, several of us attended a funeral for John Shoup at St. Joseph's Roman Catholic Church. One member of our church who attended the funeral was raised Roman Catholic. And after marrying a Presbyterian, he hadn't had communion with a priest or, or been to confession for some 50 years After the funeral was over, on his way out, he he wanted to thank the priest for this beautiful service. But out of habit or by mistake, he said to the priest, Father, it's been 50 years since my last confession. (laughs) Why don't you follow me, the priest then said. Thinking he was going on a tour of the facility or something, this member of our church followed the priest. Only when they sat down in the sanctuary, the priest said, so it's been 50 years since your last confession. Then the priest encouraged him to get on with it. So this member of our church, since it's been so long, he tried to cover the main themes of his 50 years worth of sins rather than the specifics as the priest heard his confession. I think this is such a funny story, but as he told me about it, I asked him, After all that confession, how did you feel? Well, I thought I was going to have to say about 5,000 Hail Marys and do about 20 years of community service. Instead, after hearing my confession, the priest looked me in the eye and he said, you are forgiven. In the words of my sister Elizabeth, who was asking me about what I was going to preach about this morning just yesterday. She said, it sounds like you're trying to say Santa Claus brings presents while John the Baptist brings the gift of relief. Santa asks, have you been a good boy or a good girl? John the Baptist says, I know you haven't. So come to the water and receive some peace. About a 100 years ago, the London Times sent out an invitation to be published to several authors. For any author who would like to answer the question, what's wrong with the world today? The great Christian theologian G.K. Chesterton wrote back simply, I am. What he meant is that there is a brokenness within us all, yet we often spend more time covering it up, denying that it's there, rather than confessing it before Almighty God and being forgiven. I believe that we spend more time in denial than in confession, as though we have been trained to believe that we will lose out on Christmas presents if we admit that we haven't all been good little boys or girls. Yet the gift that our Savior brings is one that surpasses our understanding. So do not forsake the opportunity for true redemption in favor of preserving the illusion of your innocence. That's not what Christmas is. Christmas is not perfection. Christmas is grace. which may be especially hard to remember this time of year, this time of year when we are all pushing ourselves towards some version of perfect. There's a great TV show that's now won a bunch of awards called The Bear. The Bear is a TV, TV show about a, a young man who inherits his brother's restaurant in Chicago but his family life was a struggle, so his life is a struggle that he's trying to make it through with hard work and dedication. On opening night of his brother's newly renovated restaurant, something happens to him that sends him back to the, back to the Christmas Eve from years ago, years in the past, when, when his mother was trying her best to prepare the perfect Christmas meal for her entire family. Because her family has Italian roots, it was the traditional feast of seven fishes. Seven fish dishes she was trying to prepare all by herself in the kitchen. She wouldn't let anybody help her, people tried to help, but she wanted things done just right, which meant things kept going wrong. No one can keep seven dishes going at the same time, it's impossible. So, one dish was getting dry while the other wasn't yet finished. Then a son-in-law or somebody showed up with a tuna casserole, which is the worst thing you could possibly bring to a feast of seven fishes. You can't have eight fish at a feast of seven fishes. As the evening progresses, things go from bad to worse. And rather than ask for help, Mom just drinks a little bit more and works a little bit harder. The evening ends with her driving the car right into the dining room, which is a huge disaster, but it may help me to make my point. Sometimes I worry that we are working so hard this season. It's as though we were preparing for Santa Claus. We want everyone to know that we are good little boys and girls. We want him to see that we haven't pouted nor have we cried, that we've not been naughty but nice. My friends, push Santa out of your subconscious mind for just a moment and recognize with me that Christmas is not Santa's birthday. We Christians are preparing for the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ who is coming, not because we have been good, but because we need some help. That's who John is looking for. That's who he is calling us to prepare for. So as you look out on the world through your windows and you notice that everything's not perfect, nor is it covered in a blanket of snow, or as you look in the mirror and want to cover up all your flaws, know that Jesus already knows where there is brokenness and where there is heartbreak. He knows that within us is sin and that within this world there is death. That's why He's coming. He's coming to save the world. He's coming to save you and to save me. So lay down your pursuit of perfection to receive Christ's gifts, grace, hope, peace, peace of mind. Hallelujah. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.